This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Elizabeth Preston, episode 179, Overcome Low Libido. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire. We must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired, and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of the show. Today I have on Dr. Jordan Wiggins. She is a naturopathic doctor, entrepreneur, women's sexual health disruptor, and author. She is revolutionizing the way we deliver, educate, and talk about sexual health, wellness, and pleasure for women. Dr. Jordan goes into her background in this interview, so I'm not going to give you all the goods right now. But I do want to share that Jordan and I, we met just networking casually. And what's so funny is I had my admin, Rachel, reach out in this group that I'm in and say, hey, just connect me with people who you think I'd vibe with. And then she started to follow them on Instagram as she connected with them for me. And I was just going through my Instagram feed and I was like, man, I really like this Jordan girl. Like, how did I start following her? And I just kept liking her stuff and really getting value out of what she was sharing and just loved her overall energy. And then later I dug a little deeper. I'm like, yeah, how did we get connected? And I saw that Rachel had reached out to her and a DM that she hadn't replied to right away. And then later she replied back to me and she's like, Hey, Lindsay, sorry, I missed this. I would love to connect. And anyways, I was just like, it's so funny because I didn't know I had in essence, like kind of been connected to you. And I've just, I really enjoy your stuff genuinely. And so <laughs> When we, when I met her, it was, it was so fun because, um, again, I had just really been naturally enjoying her content already and we connected right away. And, um, I just love what Jordan is doing in the world. She, again, as I just said in her intro, she is disrupting sexual health for women and something she talks about often is low libido. And so I was like, you've got to come on the show. Let's talk about this because this is something that is brought up with my clients a lot that they are not having the sex that they want. And you'll see, as we talk in this interview, low libido goes so much more than just sex. So you may be somebody that's like, yeah, I'm having sex or I'm having sex as enough, but maybe you still have low libido because a lot of things 
women do to sometimes too, is, you know, they're having sex and they're checking off the box. They're not really enjoying sex. So this episode is going to help you start to tap into, am I truly enjoying sex? Because again, you may be so checked out from your body that you don't even realize it. All right. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Jordan Wiggins. Enjoy. Okay. Dr. Jordan. So excited to have you on the show. I said in your intro, how you and I met, we were just networking casually. I love what you do. I love your energy. And I was like, you have to come on the show. You have to talk about all the things about low libido and sex and all the fun stuff. So before we jump into all that, I don't even know your story about how you got into this work. So I would love to hear it. And I'm sure the listeners would too. Good. And I just want to say I've been, since our first chat, I've been really looking forward to this, this one today. So, oh, with me, well, I definitely did not set out to be a sex educator or women's intimate wellness (laughs) expert at all, but it was my life experience that kind of led me down this path. I had a struggle with mental health during my pre-med degree, completely lost my libido at that point and was doing a pre-med degree and couldn't find a solution. So I felt very isolated and alone, especially being so young, like your friends are like, have (laughs) great libido and all these stories. And you're like, oh, well, I don't care. And I bet at this time, what you're like early twenties. Yeah. 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 When it's like, sex is fun and exciting and I love it. Yeah. And it was like, went from great to having no interest, which was mental health, which turned out to be hormonal. So I needed to basically learn how to fix that myself. And then a second time I had had a surgery on my pelvic floor for a cyst. So you can kind of think of it like an episiotomy, like a bad episiotomy, Mm. um, like needing to heal from stitches and tearing and, and that kind of stuff. So then I had pelvic pain to deal with and lost my libido a second time for a different reason and went, oh my goodness, there's no resources. There's no answers. There's no help. Had I known, I found out um, eight years later, and I don't even think that this was a field, but I could have seen a pelvic floor physiotherapist and that would have helped me a lot, but that just option wasn't available. And then now since, you know, to bring us up to date, then I had a a baby and breastfeeding and dealing with all those hormonal changes. So at least this time I had a recipe, I had a framework to fall back on, but I had to create the work myself. Because when I graduated as a naturopathic doctor and opened a women's health clinic, I had this box on my intake form and I got the intake form from one of my supervisors that I just respected and she had it on there. And it was like, how much are you enjoying sex? So I had this box on my intake form and it said, how much are you enjoying sex? And it was a scale. And repeatedly women would put like zero and some of them were even brave enough to bring it up. And it was like, oh my goodness, I don't care if I ever have sex again, or I have a high libido and my partner husband has a low libido and it's really putting strain on our 
relationship. So it was like, I was giving them permission to talk about it. And then we'd have these huge conversations about, you know, everyone always thinks it's their hormones, but what I was doing in my women's health clinic treated thousands of women balance their hormones, adrenals, thyroid. Like we did, we did everything. We did it all. They were feeling amazing, sleeping, losing weight. Hair was like luscious. They had energy and their libido marginally improved, Hmm. maybe like 10 to 30% with like perfectly balanced hormones and everything was better. So it was sort of like my patients were mirroring my own experience. They didn't have answers. It was having a huge, huge impact on their health and well-being. Cause that's something that I talk about. I always say like lack of pleasure, lack of libido, it's a health problem. And we're kind of just brushed to the side by our, our healthcare system. And, you know, that's your doctor, your gynecologist. We do a thread every so often in the, in my group and it's called shit. My doctor says, and it's, Oh, have a glass of wine or, well, you have three kids. What do you expect? Or, mm-hmm. but just these sort of like dismissive statements or, or maybe you're depressed or maybe this is my favorite. You should just be nicer to your husband. Mm. Like, the one that I've gotten a lot is like, just use a vibrator. Yeah. I don't really like vibrators. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly the point. Exactly the point. So we have been like, not only is there not answers and adequate help, but probably the even bigger problem. And the reason why we're in this position to begin with is that the education that we had or the lack of education or the miseducation has led us to this place where 50% of women have sexual dysfunction globally. And I think that's under reported personally. Okay. So let's define that what's considered low libido or sexual dysfunction. So sexual dysfunction, medically speaking, and your listeners will be like, okay, I fall into this category probably because it's pretty broad. So not desiring sex. So those that they're busy they're doing their thing. And like, they just don't really care They're they're having sex. Cause they feel like they should to, you know, tick a box like, okay, well now my husband will be happy for three days or a week. So got that off my to-do list, but yeah, they don't want to, they don't have that appetite and they used to, but it's gone. Like, that's kind of a big thing for me. It's like where there was that desire, they enjoyed being sexual. And then something happened, they're not quite sure. And it's gone. So not desiring sex, difficulty getting aroused and staying aroused. So like getting in the mood or staying in the mood, are you writing emails in your head while you're being intimate? Are you like looking at the clock going, okay, like let's wrap this up. (laughs) If I just fake it, can we get this over with sooner? (laughs) Pelvic pain. So pain with sex and difficulty orgasming. And I would love to add a category for the women who are the higher drive partners, which we don't talk about often. It's like, we're basically another category where your relationship has been affected. The sex has gone to shit. We just need to 
add an extra category in there in the DSM for our diagnostic criteria. But that's like, it's a pretty wide range. So one in two women will suffer from sexual dysfunction, which is one of those four at some point in their life. And generally it's like all women at some point, right? Maybe it's menopause or maybe it's like you're considering divorce or there's just after the birth of a child or somebody lost their job, COVID, COVID went one way or the other. Yeah. For a lot of people. (laughs) It's either like, okay, we have all this time and we can connect again, or just like, I can't stand the sight of you 24 hours a day. So let me ask you this. So what about those who are single that are like, maybe I have the desire, but I just don't have anyone to do it with. So I've kind of turned it off. That's another option. We always recommend and in part of sexual health and part of sexual health, if we view it in its complexity and holistically, and this is one of the reasons why I think that there is no pill, there's no little pink pill for libido for women. Cause we need to look at the whole picture and the ways that you are sexual with yourself, the ways you care for yourself, the way you love yourself is all a part of your sexuality. So self-pleasure should be a practice. If you're single self-pleasure should also be a practice if you're partnered and you should watch some of the faces of women. When I say these things, like, well, what do you like masturbating is cheating or I'm married. Why would I masturbate? Well, like, because if we know statistically speaking that women that self-pleasure are, and I say self-pleasure because there's such a stigma around the word masturbation. Like that's how deep these, the poor sex education that we had and the shame and cultural stigmas, religious shame goes because people have all these odd beliefs, but we know that women that masturbate have more satisfying sex lives. They have more sex and they can orgasm at a higher rate than women that don't. Um, And there's even research to show that like relationship markers of women that masturbate are better, like how they feel about their partner, how content, how satisfied they are in their relationship, just in general, outside the bedroom is better as well. Yeah. Not to mention increasing mood, self-esteem, increasing immune function. Like there's pain relief. There's so many health benefits from masturbation or just like sex and pleasure in general. Yeah. So a lot of women, when they think like, Oh, I have low libido, who cares? It's not just about sex. It's about your overall wellness, your mental wellness, your physical wellness, your satisfaction with life yourself. Yeah. So, and this is where I see, cause we like to, you know, sex is something that maybe we do and we don't talk about, or it's like in the dark, in a bed, with your husband, when the kids aren't home, like we've put this in such a little box, um, because of the shame and what we've been taught and everything. And that's part of the conditioning that we need to sort of undo to have a really healthy, juicy, vibrant sex life. And what I'm always asking women, well, and men too, their partners, but think of a time when you were having like the best sex of your life. Think of maybe the beginning of your relationship with your current partner, 
how did you feel? How easy were things? How much energy did you have? It's just like everything kind of flows and works well. We balance our hormones when we have sex and orgasm, but we don't talk about these things because it's this like taboo shame topic. So for me, and that's why I wrote my book, The Pink Canary is the libido, the lack of the libido is like the canary in the coal mine. It's a sign that other things are off with your health and well-being as well. And we, if we disassociate ourselves from that, like what makes us truly alive, like why we're all here on this earth, then we never at full wellness and we're never really living life at our, our fullest potential. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to suck that in. If there's something off with our libido, that's showing we have deeper health issues at play. Mental health, hormonal health, physical health. Mm-hmm. And I find libido is something that goes first. Like it's one of the earlier warning signs. And sometimes women were coming to me once they already had a, a health issue breast cancer, abnormal pap, or they keep getting yeast infections or something, but low libido always was really preceded that like before we got there and had we intervened and like balanced the hormones, made sure you were digesting, made sure you had all the nutrients that you needed, then maybe we wouldn't have ended up with that end stage health outcome, or it would have been less severe or something. Yeah that we could have seen coming sooner. Yeah. So with that said, what would you define as low libido? So for me, it's two things. Cause I look at pleasure in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about society or what would make sense to the listeners or people that haven't done my work, it's like, so there's low libido and that's lack of pleasure in the bedroom. And then we would call it medically anhedonia which is lack of joy, inability to feel pleasure. So that'd be outside of the bedroom. Mm. And there's so many women out there, like billions probably that it's like, okay, I worked hard. I got the degrees credentials. I have the job, like I have satisfaction in my work, but I come home and something's missing. Mm -hmm. Like there's something I'm not as happy as I should be. I've got the job. I've got the house. I've got a great partner. My kids are great, but like, they're just, they're kind of flat. Yeah. They're not alive. Exactly. Yeah. So that like lacking turn on that desire, that vibrancy that can only come from that sexual energy, like our root chakra or like our kidney essence in Chinese medicine. There's just like all these different systems that we can talk about what that is, but it's like our chi, it's our aliveness, our vibrancy, our life force. And if we've kind of like turned that off or put a lid on it, stuffed it in the basement, like forgot that it was there, we're never really living life turned on in full color in any aspect of our life. And we're usually very burnt out because that's what we do as women, right? We're right. over-functioning at work. We're over-functioning at home. Don't worry. I got this. We call that superwoman conditioning. Yeah. I was just thinking about your superwoman. Yeah. Yeah. It, but that's exactly right. Yeah. Where others 
needs are more important than ours. We feel guilty caring for ourselves, doing things for ourselves. We're not good at resting. We can't celebrate um, because we're always like, okay, well, I got the promotion. So now what? Or I hit that financial milestone in my own business. And, and now what? And like, there's no joy. Yeah. So again, it's beyond the bedroom and I want everyone to take that in. It's just kind of living flatlined, which is the women I meet every single day. <laughs> That's why I love what you do, Jordan, because you meet them too. Every single day, we just meet them in different ways. And it's like, okay, how are we going to become alive here with us? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think, you know, we got along so well and had so much in common from that very first conversation, because it doesn't matter where or how we're intervening, but it's that burnout, that flatline that we need to be addressing for women because it leads to adverse outcomes in life, in health, in relationships. And I mean, I know that's my, my why, like why I'm here on this earth is to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But going back to what we've touched on here is we've been dismissed for so long. It's so common for all of us just to be checking off boxes, doing everything for others, not talking about our pleasure. And that's quote unquote selfish. And then every month, once in a while, when we feel like we want that spark of aliveness. I know in the past, I used to turn to my OBGYN doctor and be like, something's off here. I'm not feeling right. Dismissed every single time. Mm -hmm. Or they'd be like, well, let's just give you an antidepressant. And I'd be like, I'm not taking antidepressants. (laughs) So one in four. And I mean, for those, I just want to put it out there because I know that a lot of women have taken that option because they either needed it or they'd been dismissed so many times and they didn't have the help and it was their only option. So one in four women are on an antidepressant and it will be one in two soon in North America. And women are prescribed antidepressants at twice the rate of men. Wow. So are we twice as depressed or are we missing the mark in treating the true cause of the problem? Because to me, the antidepressant is meant to fix the anhedonia, that lack of joy, that like listless, flatline, burnout, but (laughs) it doesn't work to fix just that, right? It really, if, you know, changing our neurochemistry is going to make us feel better, that's great, but it's missing the mark for many women. And a lot of my patients are like, okay, well, I took the antidepressant and the side effect is low libido. So sometimes libido is even worse. So it's just this like medical gender bias that I think we are really, truly missing the mark on women's hormonal health, women's mental health, women's sexual health. And it's at a massive cost to ourselves personally, our families, our businesses, our economy, the planet. Like Mm -hmm. we know like healthy women and women in my program, the first thing that they want to do when they read my book is buy it for everyone they know, or they want to share the teachings and share what they've learned. Cause it's like, oh my God, I lived my whole life with the wrong script, but I have it now. And the first thing that a healthy woman does is turn around and make the lives of everyone that she interacts with better. So for me, it's more than just the health of the 
woman that's sitting in front of me. It's more than just like her children, her relationship. It's like we could actually shift and heal all of the things that we've needed to heal on the planet. If we have healthy, alive, vibrant women that know how to lead from being in their feminine, right? Because we've, the misogyny, the patriarchy, the masculine has had its day and this is where it's gotten us. So I think we all know that it's time for, it's time for a new way. Yeah. It's time for an awakening Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I didn't realize you had a book, Jordan. Now I'm like, dang, I got to order this thing. So cool. Okay. So going back to low libido, we've talked about some different ways you can start to overcome it, but I want to just be really direct. What are some takeaways someone can start doing today? And I would love, I would love for these to be like super simple things. And like, like we talked about (laughs) before, I don't know. I don't think we were recording yet, but if this was a five-step process to fix your libido, then we would read Cosmo and not have these, these problems. So I'm going to tell you the steps, but also know that like you are not broken if you cannot implement them yourself or get that like quick fix kind of thing. So I'll tell you the high level steps and then I'll tell you a few things that you can start doing today. But the high level steps is what's really going to shift it and change. So we need sexual health re-education. Like we need to be taught the like pleasure focused sex ed, sex ed that includes consent and really undo that shame and conditioning that we have. Cause ultimately if some part of our brain is like, this is bad or I'm slutty or something's, you know, we're not going to really be able to relax, receive open and do the things that we need to do to have mind blowing sex. So sexual health re-education, we need to know what we want. What do we desire? What turns us on? What type of touch? What type of things outside, like in our day-to-day light us up because like pleasure begets pleasure outside of the bedroom, inside of the bedroom, it's one and the same. So sometimes if women are really like really have low libido, there's issues in their relationship. Like we're working on pleasure outside of the bedroom first, which always results in them having more intimacy in the bedroom, but we need to know what we want. And we've never been given the permission, taken the time to explore it. And there is so many hangups about it or that just flippant, like, we'll just get a vibrator. And it's like, okay, well, that's not specific enough. Cause there's like several types of vibrators, or maybe that's like not the type of touch that works for you and your body, but there's so many other options out there. So to kind of have a framework and a guide through those things is so helpful <laughs> because we just get hung up like, okay, well, I got the vibrator. I tried it. It didn't work or it didn't feel good. So something must be wrong with me. I'm broken. I need to live with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that just drives me nuts. We just need the correct script and then we're good. So sex re-education, knowing what you want, and then knowing how to ask for it and communicate it. Mm-hmm. with your partner. Cause then there is such a hang up there. I'll have women tell me all the time, you know, I've been married for 15 years and I've never told my husband that I can't orgasm or I can ask him to pick up the groceries or fix the tap. But when it comes to me saying what I want and need in the moment, they're silent. 
Like they can't ask. Or if they do ask, they ask in a way that's like damaging or hurts their partner's mm-hmm. feelings. And then it ends in a fight, which is like not what we want. So mm-hmm. we're actually working through like scripting and conversations. And how do you have these things to increase the turn on or bring you closer together? And that's like the basic recipe. <laughs> But what you can definitely start doing today is what is one thing? What's one thing that you could do daily that would bring you joy, make you feel good, make you feel alive. And if we start adding those little drops, those little bits, those little glimmers of hope, like I said, pleasure begets pleasure. So the more you do that a little bit, it's like, oh that felt good. Like I went and got the fancy latte or I ended work early and got my nails done, or I didn't do the laundry. And instead I called one of my girlfriends and we had a laugh. All of those little things where we can start to feel joy and start to increase that turn on again, that's been turned off for so long, or for some women has possibly never been there ever. And that's okay too. But finding little ways to make your day more pleasurable and in ways that's caring for you. Cause some, someone will say, oh, well, I like reorganized all the cupboards in the kitchen. And it's like, okay, well that might've made you feel good, but it was also beneficial to everyone else in your household. So what are you doing that is just for you that makes you feel good? And if you can start doing more of that, it will lead to better sex and more connected relationships. Yeah. So good. The turn on starts with you for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Jordan, where can everyone find you and work with you? And I know you have a podcast too. So tell us about that. Tell us all the things. So the pleasure principles podcast is probably a great area to start to hear about all these things. We do the sex re-education stuff. We have a Q and a every once in a while. So you can ask me your questions and I will answer them. But that's probably like the best way to kind of get acquainted with this work because it is, it's so much to learn and our conditioning is, is wrong. So pleasure principles podcast is a great place to check me out. And also Instagram, you can always send me a DM and I will answer it. My Instagram is at Dr. Jordan Wiggins, J O R D I N Jordan Wiggins. And we'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. And Jordan has many different ways you can work with her. I know you have programs. You do one-on-ones, all the things. So go check her out. Also her book, the pink canary, which now I know about, I'm going to go read and digest. (laughs) I'm so excited about, um, yeah. Do we miss anything today? Do we cover it all? I think everything except like you're not broken. If something feels off, then you just haven't found the right person to support you. You haven't found the person with like the skill set and the knowledge that's going to know how to help you get that turn on and aliveness back. And we are out there. It's just Instagram and everything bans us. So sometimes it's hard to hear about us. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank you, Jordan, for all your knowledge and wisdom today. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share this show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.